0: Welcome to the Power of Change podcast. My name's Charlie Lloyd. I'm a professional counsellor and online coach. Today we've got Courtney on the show. How are you?
1: Oh, Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. It's, it's uh, nice to have you on here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So I, I think like obviously the chat we had previously, I think your your story will definitely be inspiring to a few females. And it's nice to be have the first female on the podcast. <laughs>
1: I'm uh, I'm I'm very uh, humbled by that. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> this is a
0: special day. This is a milestone.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: <laughs> so, obviously, reflecting back, just like speak a little bit about your story and what you're going to speak about today.
1: Yeah. So my um like mine really focuses kind of the last few years in my life. Um, mm. you know, up until then, I had you know good good group of friends I had a steady job Um, I was just living what I'd consider a normal life really Um, Mm. and then I kind of got back in touch with a guy that I used to go to school with um, started dating um, and he just introduced me to a world of Everything that I wasn't used to. Um, you know, he was well into drugs and things like this. And um, I experienced a lot of different, um, I guess, forms of abuse from him uh, in the yeah. way of like gaslighting, manipulation, um, all of his like narcissistic traits. Um, and obviously, fast forward to now, um, we did have a child together. Um, he's currently in prison. Um, I, you know, through bad decisions that were made um, along the way with him, I no longer have a job. Um, and I'm kind of at the point in my life where I'm just starting again, <laughs> Yeah. if that makes sense. You know, obviously now things look a lot different for me. Like I've got my li- little girl, um, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of at, not. I wouldn't say a crossroads, but I'm at the point where I feel like my life is starting. You know, mm. a, a lot of things are different to maybe how I thought they would be. But uh, yeah, this year I think is going to be quite a big year for me. You know, through different things.
0: Yeah, because I remember when we previously spoke, you said about like 2022. You sort of feel like your life's starting again.
1: Yeah, I think um, obviously my little girl will be two this year. Yeah. um so she will be able to go to like childcare, play school which will give me the chance to go back into work which is something that i miss i've you mm. know the last i think it's been coming up to two years now that I haven't actually worked and it's still very odd to me because mm. i've never not worked i've you know since i was 16 i've worked in a shop and i went into uh insurance in london and I've always had that nine to five, you know, job that you, you it's kind of expected, isn't it? You leave school, you get a job. Mm. And that, that's what I was doing. And, you know, it's quite a um, quite a culture shock. But obviously, when we spoke last time, I did say that, you know, for all the bad that's come from it, I've had this chance to have this time with my daughter. And obviously that to me, is a massive kind of silver lining from everything that I've been through. You know, she's like, I say she's two later on in the year and I've been with her the whole time. I haven't mm. felt like I needed to go back to work, um, which if I was still kind of working, I probably would have and maybe a bit too soon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, I've, I've obviously had the pleasure of just being able to be with her and that, and that's been really nice, you know, and mm. I've got, I've got a great support network as well. And that's obviously helped that to happen in that I don't need to um, like rush straight back into work. So that's obviously been a real, a real big help to me as well.
0: Yes, it sounds like although you, you, you've you been in a very tough couple of years, you, you've taken a lot of positive from this as well, been able to build a good relationship with your daughter.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's definitely helped me in relationships as well like with my family you know we've become so close um and my friends as well i think when you go through tough times you really find out who your friends are mm. and you know i was just actually speaking about this this morning and it, it is when you go through these tough periods that you find out like actually i've only got a few friends but these few friends that i've got would drop everything you know like that for me and they'd be mm. there when i need them and you know i hope that i that they feel the same way about me too because sometimes you really do need that support even if it's just oh i'll come around for a cup of tea or let's go to the gym or let's go shot something like that you know when you've got that little core group of friends i think that's a really like it's, it's priceless really mm. that you've got them there
0: so would you say before you had this situation happen you had like a bigger friendship group
1: um I I'd say it's kind of a yes and no because I think as well as you're growing up you believe that you've got a lot of friends but they're not friends they're Mm. more acquaintances like you you might see them you might know them to say hello you know but they're not your friends and I think as you grow older you kind of realize that and it's you know, if if I was twenty years old and someone went to me, oh, you're not my friend, you're my acquaintance. I'd think, oh, I'm quite offended by that. But as you get older, you realise that that's kind of how things go, and not mm. not everyone is your friend. You know, there's plenty of people that I'd say hello to, but you know, they're just people I know.
0: Yeah, I think I've spoke about it many times before. Like, there's people you go out, you that like, you might drink with or you socialise with. But yeah. then there's people who are actually your friends and you want to tell them the good news.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I, feel, I always, always describe it as like my core group of friends. Like, yeah. they're my... They my sort of become
0: family, really, didn't they?
1: hundred <laughs> percent, definitely. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just so good to have that. And just to know you've got people there that will support you no matter what they might not agree with things they might not necessarily think you're doing the right thing but no matter what they'll be there and that's Mm. such a good you know it makes you feel secure in yourself to think no matter what's going on i've got someone to go to and i think when like you say when you just socialize with people sometimes you think oh i could call them but that's just not how you know what I mean? You see people's true kind of intentions, and and mm. that works both ways as well. Like you know, I, I like I say, I haven't got a big big group of friends, but you know, I'll talk to people, and like that's kind of how me and you met, wasn't it? At the yes, gym, at the gym, and we talked, and uh, and that that's that's been a big help to me as well. Uh, I love that place. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: definitely good. But well, what I wanted to ask you as well, so talking about like the relationship was. What sort of red flags did you notice before, or what signs were there before you sort of knew that what you was in was an abusive relationship?
1: Looking back now, there are so many. Like, and hindsight is such a wonderful thing. And um, at the time, they were just little things that you think, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, he always wanted to, once he came into my home, he kind of didn't want to leave. And it was like, why, you know? It, and there is that running joke about, you know, some men are just interested in you for your tenancy agreement, but that that is a big thing. And obviously oh, I've heard that experience. saying. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that was definitely true in in my situation. But it was just nothing was ever allowed to be about anything but him. Mm. And obviously, it it was just little things like, you know, he'd, he'd ask me, you know, he used to smoke weed and stuff. So he'd ask me for money for that. And I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's just a tenner here, a tenner there. It doesn't matter. Um, but it kind of adds up. And then it was almost like it was like required of me. And if mm. I said no for whatever reason, and there were months where you'd be a bit short on cash because you'd had to pay up for something else. Like obviously I was running my house, my car, And trying to have a life as well. So it's expensive, you know, you don't know when things are going to come up, but, you know, it got to the point where, you know, he ate through all my savings, um, would just take money without asking. He got very comfortable very quickly. And I think that's quite a scary thing for me now because you don't, I don't think that's normal. Mm. Um, But I think with people like this as well, they're very, Um, selfish so I had noticed as well kind of looking back every time we'd have obviously once we found out we was having uh, my daughter every time something would come up like I'd have an appointment and obviously this was at a time where you know partners could still come to scans and that he would he would start an argument before Mm. we'd go and I think I really don't know why you're doing this and it was almost like everything was tarnished because it wasn't about him and I look at that now and I think, wow, this is probably how you would act if you were still around. Obviously, when my little girl's here and I, all my energy goes into her. Like if I'm with her, I'm, you know, trying to encourage her to do new things, you know, speaking. Obviously, she's walking around and she's exploring and she's she's so clever. But I think if you'd still been in my life and we'd we'd tried to make a go of this, she would probably be suffering because of his behaviour.
0: Mm.
1: and and it's just not it's just not a normal thing and you know that's not fair on her but it also wasn't fair on me either because it it was taking a lot away from me as a person like my friends knew something was wrong but for the longest time I never said anything because I just thought it's all right I put my head down I get on with it and at the end of the day it's not okay
0: no there's always that saying um they say like you don't know what's happening until you're out of it or until someone recognises.
1: And, and looking back now, some of like you, you get in conversations with people and, you know, certain scenarios might come up and I look back at it and think, wow, I can't believe that that was my life and that's how I was living and that I was accepting that behaviour as normal because it's not, you mm. know. And um, I just personally wish I'd spoken out about it sooner. because it could have saved me a lot of heartache in the long run. Um, But I just, like, my when I look back to, obviously, when we first kind of, you know, started seeing each other again and all the behaviour that come from it, like, my boundaries now with people are so different. And, you know, like you said, it's, what are these red flags? And, you know, I might talk to people, and they could just say one little thing, and I'm like, I'm not interested. Like, that is you know because it stops now at the first red flag like and it is that age old you know for such a long time I'd be dishing out advice and go oh maybe you should do this but I wasn't listening to myself Mm. and it is hard but I think if you've got the courage to speak about it and do something about it 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 does get better and that's hard to hear because when I was at my lowest I just thought there's no way out. I thought this is what my life's going to be like forever. I'm always going to be heartbroken. I'm always going to be sad and feel like my daughter's missing out because she hasn't got a dad or a dad figure in her life. But it gets better. And I look at my little girl every day and think she is thriving. Like in everything she does, mm. she's amazing. And she's a product of me. And that yeah. makes me quite proud as well. And I think it's so much to do with mindset, because if I was still in the same mindset as I was even six months ago, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you now and I wouldn't be feeling as good as I do.
0: Yeah, no, I can really see that How when you speak about it, you seem like in such a good place, everything. And obviously you must have changed a lot since all this has happened, you know, and it's good to see that some that you're in a good place now, you know
1: yeah and don't get me wrong some some people might look at me and think maybe maybe I haven't changed for the better but I'm I think to describe me a few years ago I was a pushover yeah and I think that at some point like it has to stop and that's obviously it took you know basically my life being blown apart to realize that Mm. but we do live in a in a world unfortunately where people will take advantage of you if 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 they've got some if they need something or they want something and they can get it easily through manipulation then people do it and it's it's so sad because you know I've always been kind of I wear my heart on my sleeve you know and I would do a lot of things for a lot of people Mm. but that's changed now because I look at it and think not that I want something from in return but I'm very select now Yeah, who I would give that time to and my energy to and actually go the extra mile for, because it's not all about, you know, receiving something in return, but there's got to be something. And yeah. for a long time, just a one way street in, mm. in that relationship and it won't last. It, it can't go on like that. Like, because it is, it does destroy you.
0: Mm. Yeah, you're a bit like me in that respect, like being an empathic person, even if someone is not treating you right, if you've got a caring side to you, you end up just trying to see the good in that person or even trying to heal yeah. them. And you end up taking the damage yourself. And then that's when you sort of realise, well, this affecting my mental health. Something has to change.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I, um, I think I spoke to you about it before. Like I kind of did a course... Um, that was about, um, I think it was called Building Healthy Relationships. So it was yeah. like a 12-week course. And um, it was all kind of women in similar-ish situations. And that, that opened my eyes so much, like, you know, to hear other people's stories. And for the longest time, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not a victim. Yeah. Because, you know, mentally, you are manipulated into thinking that these people love you. And that everyone else is against you, and to get out of that mind space is so difficult. But you hear people talking, and you think, "Wow, that that rings bells. That that's familiar." And you know, you have people sitting there going, "These are the personality traits. These are little things that you might not pick up on, but this is the beginning." And that that helped me so much. And to know that there are other people going through it, yeah, you think, I uh, and and it did, you know, kind of lead me to accept. Actually, I was a victim. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm perfect. We we all make bad decisions, but I was a victim of abuse, and it's not nice to think of yourself as that. But you get past it, and it doesn't have to define you. Like not you not have so. to get up, and you have to carry on. Otherwise, you are a victim, and you will you you mm. will continue to be one. But there, there's always something better coming, and and I really do believe that.
0: Yeah, they always say like you need to live in the present moment. And it's about that light at the end of a tunnel. Like I can imagine when you was in that relationship, you probably didn't see a way out. But now you can fully see that light at the end of the yeah. tunnel.
1: And it and it's just like when kind of your mind starts because you know what the the behaviors you can deal with, and you know when things aren't very nice whether it's arguments or whatever it might be you can deal with that but mentally you're still trying to you know this is like well over a year and my mm. i'm still trying to heal my my mind yeah. because they get you into like habits and patterns that aren't normal and it's trying to you're almost trying to like rewire your brain to go what he made me think was normal isn't mm. and, and that's a but like you say as kind of you start focusing on other things and you see the potential for all the good that's going to come that helps you so much because what like you say when you're in it you think there's no way out mm. that like this is just how I'm going to be now but it it might be bad but it's not going to be bad forever
0: yeah it's difficult as well like when you've got someone who you're around all the time constantly feeding you with negativity into yeah. your mindset like you've then got to challenge that thinking style and then develop a new way of thinking. And also I know you mentioned you've had like counselling and things like that. And yeah. And that's a great way to challenge the negative thoughts that you you're experiencing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's nice as well because, you know, again, I did I did that course, but I did do counseling as well. And it's just that one hour a week where I can just go and talk. But you know, like like I said, I talk to my friends and, you know, they are like my family. But in the same way, no matter what I say to them, they will always be on my side. You know, mm. they might have opinions, they might have, you know, their own thoughts on it, but it's nice to go somewhere where you're on a neutral ground. Yeah. So that the person there isn't judging you for maybe how you're feeling or the things that you've done, but it's nice for your feelings to be validated. Like I could say to my friends, like, oh, you know, maybe I still feel this about the situation, and they'd go well why do you feel like that you shouldn't you know but you go into a room with a counselor and they're like okay so let's understand why you feel like that Mm. your feelings are valid so let's let's understand and then how how do you move on with that do you move on with that you know what does that look like in a year's time and that's so helpful because it's nice that you're not you're not being judged and I think that's mm. what a lot of people fear is mm. people looking at them in a different way or thinking oh you shouldn't be feeling like that mm. and sometimes you do push push your your own feelings aside
0: mm. I'm wondering how it feels for you to speak to another male about like, what you went through
1: um I to be honest I when I went for my counselling they did say to me like is it okay if it's a man or a woman and I wasn't really you know, bothered either way. Mm. I think at the time I was so like, I just need someone to talk to.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I don't think I'm, you know, damaged against opening up to men in general, but I think as well, you get feelings off of people. Yeah. So you know, like we we met at the gym and we just talk, you know, yeah. and now here and I, I feel comfortable talking to you. And I could fully understand why people wouldn't, but I you know, I could have gone to my counselling and met my counsellor, and she was a woman, and thought I don't feel comfortable here. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is about how people present themselves, and you sometimes you do find people easier to talk to than others. But you know, even when I did my um, the relationship course, um, there was a. where someone had to come on and they were kind of auditing what the people were doing yeah and you know we had that oh do you mind if it's a man you can all let us know on your own time but you know that was something I was fine with um and I think it just affects people differently doesn't it like you know I'm I'm not in the space where I feel uncomfortable I might have been if it was 18 months ago you know
0: Is, is it easier for you to speak about now or was, was, it, yeah. was, it, was, it, was it more difficult at the start when you was not, wouldn't say like damaged, but when it was more fresh, because obviously now you're, yeah. you you seem like you're, you're over it. You know, you're onto the next chapter in your life.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it is. And I think a big thing of it is uh like shame. You feel ashamed yeah. because of where, you know, and obviously at the time as well, I was pregnant. I just had a baby. And so your emotions are everywhere anyway, yeah. but for, for the longest time, and it's still something I struggle with now, and it it might seem really like trivial, but when I'm talking to people, when this all first happened and, you know, it all kind of exploded, I don't think for about three months I picked my face up off the floor. I could not look at people because I felt ashamed. Mm. I felt just all sorts of feelings. And, you know, now I still, you know, look, when I'm talking to someone, I'll look around and I might not feel comfortable with like eye contact and intense kind of situations, but even that's better than it was because, you know, and that was, that was something in my head. And I think that was the shame Mm. and just sadness of it all and not wanting to look people in the eye because I obviously had to take a lot on the chin of, you know, this is what's happened. Now I've got to get on with it. And obviously at the time I had to get on with it on my own because, you know he he was nowhere to be seen because taking responsibility is not part of their mm. of their world
0: yeah i think as well when something happens it's very difficult to accept it for a while as well like i feel like until you accept what's happened you cannot move on from it you know no um and once you sort of accept it and you but like speaking about things as well, I think it's so important because if you don't speak about it, you're not dealing with it, you know, and then, then you, it allows you to then move on from it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I was lucky that I had a lot of people that just said to me, you know, if you need to talk, then just talk. Yeah. Like, talk barriers off. I obviously had that time in that kind of group sessions that I did with people that were were going through similar things or had been through similar things. And sometimes it's nice to... Hear that as well, where someone goes. I understand why you stayed, Mm. because if you don't, if you said this to me before all this happened, I would have been like, just leave. It's Mm -hmm. easy, just leave. But it's not. And most of the time, until you're, you know, up to hearing it, you don't see it. And then by the time you realise, you're like, how do I get out? What What, was? what
0: What was your breaking point then, when you finally thought, right, I've had enough of this relationship?
1: Mine was a long time coming, and I think I said to you the other week, like I, it was probably something really small. Mm. I I can't put my finger on exactly what it was, but I remember one day I I packed a bag and left it in my car. Yeah, and it had it had money in it, had my passport in it, it had you know all my important documents. It had clothes because I thought one day I might just not come home Mm. because it was that it was so toxic and I just thought one day I might not come home or I might just have to leave and run mm. because of you know everything that's happening and the way I was being treated and just fear as well like a lot of it you it's so weird to be out of a situation where you're constantly on edge mm. like I stayed with my mum and dad for a little while you know I come home but is I think when I was in the kind of group session that I did, it was kind of explained by your you're always in fight or flight mode, so yeah. you're always in, you're always on an edge, and sometimes you stay and fight, and sometimes you go. And for the longest time, like I couldn't relax. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel comfortable in my own home that I'd invited someone into, and they'd taken over, and they'd made me feel like this wasn't my home. Mm. but you you fast forward to now and like I enjoy being here I'm obviously I've got my little girl but adult wise I'm on my own but I enjoy this is like our sanctuary now we come home and we're safe mm. we come home don't need to worry and that's such a nice feeling that I can sit in my bed at night or sit down in the front room and watch tv and not be worried that he's going to come bursting through the door and. might be angry some someone else might have annoyed him but i'll take the brunt of it yeah just things like that like to i i didn't think for a long time that this would ever feel like home again yeah but again that's when it was right in the thick of it and you look at things and you think no you know in my head i was like i'm gonna move i can't stay here this isn't my home and it is a very big reaction because you do think like your life's over and um It does. It does get better, and now, like, I love my home. This is obviously where my little girl come home to. This is her home, and it's just it changes and it does get better.
0: Yeah, it's really nice to hear you say that because it sounds like you're on the complete other end of the spectrum. Because from what you were saying before, it sort of sounds like being a prisoner in your own home, but now you explain it as like living in a sanctuary. So it sounds like a complete top end of how you'd want to live in your life now.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's so nice. And, you know, I, I just think as well, like it's like what you said earlier about you, you're kind of an empath and you try and help people, but sometimes that's to your, to your own detriment. So mm. you suffer at the end of it. Exactly. And I think as well, like a lot of it, um, I have started to love myself and appreciate myself. Mm. And I look after myself like, you know, I, I try and eat well that doesn't always happen (laughs) but I go to the gym I go out with my friends I do what I want and for the longest time I wasn't allowed to do that or I could do it but I'd have to deal with consequences of it and you know that's how these sort of people love to isolate you and get you on your own but I was lucky as well that I had a group of friends in my family that would just turn up Mm that would make things uncomfortable, but it was almost their way of saying we know something's wrong, but we're not going to go away. Mm. And you know, they're, they're a big factor and they were a big help like throughout all of this.
0: Yeah, so that was like a big bit of a support group for you.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I'm lucky that I've still, still got that and there's nothing I could say or do to ever show my gratitude for that because, mm. you know, it was a dark time and, Every, everything that was going on as well and on top of that having a baby the struggles of that even if I'd been in a loving relationship and you know nothing had happened and that's a big thing to do anyway from going to you know you live your own life and then all of a sudden you've got this little baby and you, you're everything to them That yeah. that's a big in your life anyway but without everything else going on and you know I I had bad days and there was a lot of days where I thought I couldn't do it. Even now I still look at her and think, am I a good mum? Like that's, <laughs> that's just quite normal. But at the time, because of everything else going on, you think it's just magnified. And to have people around going, actually called me, she's a couple of days old. You got her out of bed today. Well done. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it's such a big shock to your system anyway, but with all my other emotions that I had going on, you do feel like for a little while that you're just hitting your head up against the wall, but every day that you're getting up and carrying on, even if it's the littlest step, is still a step.
0: Mm. And
1: in some days being a new mum, it was that I'd get up out of bed and have a shower and that to me was like oh I've done really well today
0: <laughs> yeah because I suppose even like being a mum you you was taking on a new role anyway that was obviously new to you so it must have been like just a big shock to the system having all that going on getting into yeah. a new role as a mum it's a bit overwhelming it sounds like
1: yeah definitely and I think um I've you know never thought of myself as you know having Throughout my life, any kind of issues. Like mentally, I've always been well, and you know, after I had my little girl, kind of, I had a bit of a downtime, and I thought, oh, is this a bit of you know postnatal depression? Is it because of everything else that's going on? In my head, I was like, I kind of got myself to thinking, oh, if all of this wasn't going on, I'd be fine. Yeah. And you do try and you try and rationalize it in your head, but it is a shock. Ha- having a baby is a shock, and you know like I said my mum and dad have stood by me and they're like you know we're like freeway parenting (laughs) with them and me (laughs) they're 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 such a big help to me and I just think without them wow I literally would have been on my own like and they were such a big help and you know they've been there they've done it they've seen it and it was just so nice to have that and not be on my own and I think as well like that's what gets me is that there are people out there doing it on their own. And I think you've, you've got to have someone to talk to and like, you might meet people by chance, but you get talking and if you can just have a a nice conversation with someone, that might be something that's made their day.
0: hundred percent.
1: And I, and I just think like, don't get me wrong, I know I have a bit of a face in the gym, but <laughs> I am approachable. And you know, you it's nice to talk to people, and it's nice to talk to different people, and you just you you don't know what's going on at home, and you could be the difference between someone going home happy and going home sad. Mm. And and I do I do try and be mindful to that. Um and yeah, just that there's a lot of people that I could thank for certain things that might just be so like minuscule to them and it's just the fact that in the gym they've stopped and had a conversation with me for five minutes but that could have turned my mood entirely around and 100% I, I might have been having a bad day with the baby but I've gone to the gym someone's gone oh you know you you look nice today or oh you're doing really well and then you think oh I am doing it and you snap out of it and it's such a nice feeling and to think that you could do that for someone else or maybe even someone that will listen to this will think maybe i'm in a bad situation but i can change it and that would that would mean a lot to me
0: it's a bit like the butterfly effect if you think the first time we ever spoke to each other in the gym that like you wouldn't think we'd be in this situation now because hopefully like what you're sharing today can help a lot of people and inspire a lot of females that may have been in a similar situation and as you said there you never know what someone's going through so even that one small conversation can make someone's day because I feel like if you've suffered yourself and you've been through pain you don't want anyone else to feel like that you know that's why being an empath you're always trying to be nice to people
1: yeah definitely and uh yeah it is sometimes it is just the tiniest things and um it it can just change everything and you you try and put yourself back out there it might be daunting
0: Mm. but
1: like you look at look at the difference between obviously however many months ago it was that we started talking like even where you are as well you're in a completely different place and you're doing really well and even me six eight months ago I'm in a completely different place and you don't necessarily necessarily think it will happen but it does
0: yeah because you sort of have that like when you first ever meet someone you've only got that like persona of them that first impression so yeah. you might meet someone and think you think they're a certain way but when you you start to have a conversation with someone you realize that wow they've got this going on or they're doing this with their life so that's why it's nice to as you were saying like yeah. get to know different people because it's i find it interesting
1: yeah i think i'm the same as you as well when you say you look at people and think what's your story
0: yeah well, i'm always doing that <laughs>
1: And I think as well, I don't know if you agree with this, but obviously, being people that go to the gym, sometimes you look at people and the way they work out and the way they are, you think, "How have you got here? What What are you working <laughs> on
0: that yeah. that's led
1: you to work out like that?" And sometimes it is. You look at people and think, "Who's hurt you?" Because some people just are so, so gym focused and they lift weights that you think, "Wow, that's it's about three times." <laughs> but It's such a that obviously you don't go to to the same gym anymore, but the the one where we met, it's just such a good environment. And I walk in and people are happy to see me, and you have conversations, and it's so Mm. nice to get away from your. You know, I'd still call it my nine to five, which is I'm I'm being a mum, I'm doing this, that, and the other, and just that's my place to go and and get it all out and just
0: big up Snap Fitness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly but,
0: um, which, so oh, like, just touching on that so would you say like coping with what you had going on would you say you'd use the gym as a coping mechanism for that
1: yeah definitely yeah that's and I, um, it was a bit difficult as well with lockdown but uh, up until probably a couple of days before my daughter was born I was still going out for like two three hour walks mm. as soon as I was kind of over Um, everything that happened she was probably maybe like a week old I was Mm. trying to get out the house and it was at first it was like I could manage around the block and then after she was a few weeks old I was back out walking again and I was just chomping at the bit to get back in the gym and I just think you've everyone's got their own release and that is mine Mm. you know I've got a couple of friends that I go with and (sighs) You know, we all joke, oh, Courtney, Courtney will be there every day, but we might go once or twice. And, <laughs> and that's fine because I, I found my place there. And yeah. whether they or not, that's them. Because different things might work for them. Like they might like to sit and have a bath or read a book or, <laughs> you know, go out running or go out walking. And, you know, you're, until you find your thing and your, your place, you know, you'll always be looking for it, but that that's definitely mine. And it, it's helped me so much. And even the days where I feel like oh, I'm not up for it, I, mm. I go anywhere because I know at the end of it, I'm going to feel better.
0: Yeah. Like from an outside point of view, it sounds like you definitely coped, like found healthy coping mechanisms because when you're going through something like that, it can be very, very easy to turn to negative things such as like drinking, like yeah. overeating, drugs you know and I think from from what you've just said there you you handled it like in a very healthy way you know that that was gonna better you anyway you know
1: yeah yeah no it's uh it's my couple of hours a day that is just about me and Mm. obviously I'm lucky in in that (sighs) my dad are there and they've always said like no matter what happens we'll be here to have the baby when you want to go to your gym so I'm I'm very very lucky that I've got them to just go go on just go and do what you need to do mm. uh, and and that's that's amazing
0: yeah because I think it's good to have some sort of routine especially when you when yeah. your mental health's not in a good place like just you knowing that you you've, you, you can go to the gym just for an hour a day like yeah. it changes everything
1: 100% and uh, I know we've spoken in the past that I am a very routine based person yeah, you're, a, you're a, a runner, planner
0: head. aren't you you're like paper yeah. <laughs> you're not like writing things yeah. down
1: i i have a list every day so yeah. uh, i like i like to get, i like at the end of the day to tick everything off and uh, don't get me wrong i think since i've had my little girl i try to be less on the list and i did have to get to a point where i'm like if it doesn't get done it's fine mm. um but I do, I do like that process of, you know, even if I'm going somewhere like away for the weekend or on holiday, I like to write a list. I'm, I'm quite methodical and mm. um, it, routine obviously is, is a big part of having a child. They love routine, but so do I. So I like that every day. I know what's happening. Sometimes you get a little spanner in the work. That's fine. You deal with it, but nine times out of ten you know and with her it's like her bedtime routine is a big thing as well getting her to sleep and stuff so no I like it and I, and I, I do love a list <laughs> people
0: people underestimate the power of a list <laughs> like if you write like after even night, if I write down the everything I need to do it's just so satisfying just ticking it off
1: yeah but then and I, I think, think it-
0: it's hard like to maintain. Like sometimes it's easy to forget about it though, Elaine, that you do it for a few days and then, and then you don't do it.
1: Yeah. See, I'm just, I'm, I'm a stickler for it. And and you're like
0: religious I, to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I actually, and you know, this is a big admittance here. I actually sit down over the weekend. One of my things to do is write what I'm going to do for the next week. So if I've got something mm. that I know is in the diary, like if I go swimming with my little girl or certain things that I've got to do certain days. And I, and that that's almost like a bit therapeutic for me. Like I Saturday or Sunday night, I know it's very rock and roll, but I'll sit there and I'll write my list. And then <laughs> come Monday, uh, everything's out of my brain. So I'm not like, oh, what have I got to do today? Because you do forget things. You kind of get caught up in one thing and then you think, oh, I had to do that today. But it's all there. Mm. It's all ready. And I, I just like it.
0: I think especially if you're very busy like i read a book once called it's called the power of less so basically if you've got loads of things you need to do in one day like if you get the most important tasks done first it sort of declutters it because if you try and get all the things that are not important done first yeah it ends up being too much so having a you can having a list you can you know you write down them things that are essential for that day
1: yeah and I think as well, it it does teach you that not everything's got to be done. It
0: so hasn't. you might think, exactly. oh,
1: I've got to do this, but then sometimes I look at it and think, but what if I just do it tomorrow? Nothing's going to happen.
0: Exactly. And it is
1: that side of it as well. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm I, I've always been like it though. But I go around to my mum's and I'll be like, what are you doing? She'll be like, oh, I'm just writing a list, so I know where I get it from. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we're all very organised in that; we like to know what we're doing. So. Mm
0: yeah i think it's the more organized you are it's a good habit to create for sure like planning your day and planning your week because if you can do that like religiously you know you get a lot of benefits out of it
1: yeah yeah definitely and like i say with a child you just need that extra edge because mm. they are they can be very chaotic <laughs> and uh, Even sometimes the best made plans will not go to plan.
0: Sometimes I suppose you've got to be a bit spontaneous, you know, go by how the day's going.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's it's all right when they're tiny, but now like my little girl's like a year and a half and she's just into everything. Like when she was a baby, they just sleep all the time and you're like, oh, I love you now because you're doing all these things, but I'd love for you to just sleep all day again.
0: (laughs) She's keeping you on your toes
1: you yeah, oh, are definitely definitely
0: yeah all right well i think we should wrap it up there anyway but thank you for sharing your story it's been lovely to have you on here
1: you're so welcome thanks for having me
0: no worries at all all right and well i'll catch up with you soon anyway
1: yeah no worries speak to you later, speak to you
0: later.
1: thank you